Hi there, I'm Paul Mackey, and today this is One Idiot's Thoughts on The Rockford Files. The previous episode was meant to release Wednesday, November 1st, and this one on Friday, November 3rd, but that didn't quite work out for technical reasons. The worst kind of technical reasons, dumb, inexplicable ones that once you found the fix, you were left scratching your head because the fix didn't actually make sense, it just worked. One thing you didn't get in those Digest episodes was all the intros. They are all there on YouTube, of course, but they are mostly current to life that day. You probably don't need to catch up. I also left out the week of trivia that I did while on vacation in Wisconsin. If anyone ever asks for a trivia digest, I suppose I could throw it together. Speaking of trivia, Darcy and I have joined with our friend Susie and some other friends and neighbors to play trivia Monday nights at Duluth Cider. We've made some strong showings, two second place and a third place, though one of the seconds and the third could have been a first or second place if we had won tiebreakers. Two Mondays ago, our team was much smaller due to a football game the same night, and we underperformed. But we were hoping for a resurgence this past Monday, and I'm pleased to say that we got it. First place with a round of free 5-ounce ciders as a prize at the half, and the second place finish off a tiebreaker finally in our favor. On to the episode today, we're looking at the Rockford Files Season 1, Episode 9, In Pursuit of Carol Thorne, which originally aired Friday, November 8th, 1974. I should mention, I suppose, if you use Roku, you should be able to watch the Rockford Files episodes with commercials using the Roku app or Roku channel. I'm primarily watching the complete series DVD set, and if I find other places to watch, I'll let you know. Brief Summary Rockford is working a case where everyone seems to have a con going on their identities. Those that seem to be cops are actually crooks. Carol Thorne, the woman Rockford is attempting to extract information from via dating, is posing as a photographer, but Jim already knows she's an ex-con. Rockford himself is passing himself off as a bookie, and even his clients are crooks, passing themselves off as the Hodes, parents worried about the whereabouts of their son Cliff, claiming Carol Thorne knows where Cliff is, Actually, everyone but Jim is looking for a stash of loot from a heist of $1 million marine payroll cash. And Cliff is the one man who knows where the cash actually is. This is Jim Rockford. At the tone, leave your name and message. I'll get back to you. This is the message phone company. I see you're using our unit. Now how about paying for it? Who is Mike Post? Mike Post is a prolific writer of music for television. Even if you don't know his name, you have heard his work. Unless you've never watched primetime television, I suppose, but then why are you listening to this? Mike was already doing great things in his early 20s when he won a Grammy in 1968 at age 23 for musical arrangement on Mason Williams' single Classical Gas. He started as musical director for The Andy Williams Show at age 24, starting a long legendary run in work for television. Along with The Rockford Files, he is responsible alone or with writing partner Pete Carpenter for TV themes Magnum P.I., Hill Street Blues, L.A. Law, Hunter, Doogie Howser, M.D., Blossom, The A-Team, News Radio, Riptide, and many others. As the composer on Law & Order, he not only created music for various programs, but created the iconic dun-dun 
some theme music he wrote crossed over to Radio Airplay. The Rockford Files theme went to number 10 on the Billboard Hot 100 and won a Grammy. Believe it or not, From the Greatest American Hero went to number 2, Hill Street Blues to number 10, and Magnum P.I. to number 25. He established a competitive residency fellowship with BMI in honor of his late writing partner, Pete Carpenter. At one point, he was the primary composer for theme and incidental music for Donald Belisario, Stephen Bochco, Dick Wolf, and Stephen J. Cannell, and he had a writing staff under him working in his style, including Greg Edmondson, who later worked on the TV series Firefly. Mike is now 79 years old, and his most recent IMDb credit is for a short film called Evelyn in 2023, along with credits for continuing series mentioned above. He's won five Grammys, and he won an Emmy for the main title theme of Murder One. This aged poorly. Carol may not be the greatest lady, but stomping on her foot so you can gag her seemed a bit more extreme than the four laughs treatment they seemed to be shooting for. Totally 70s. Rocky gets the call when Jim is pretending to be a bookie and is confused by what Jim is saying. He asks if Jim has been drinking, then advises him to stay off the freeways instead of the modern don't drive drunk. Just stay off the freeways, kids. You'll be okay on the side roads. Artifactoids. I tried looking up the Westways Bus Company, and the only hit I got back was the Internet Movie Cars database, stating that they had found a 1966 GMC PD 4107 Buffalo Bus, seen once in fictional Westways livery in The Rockford File Season 1, Episode 9. It seems clear they were fictionalizing the Trailways Bus Company for television use, and it is true that GMC Buffalo Buses were primarily purchased by affiliate companies of the Trailways Bus System. When Jim is on the bus, he's shown looking at a newspaper, and as far as I can tell, that's a real newspaper. The Longo Toyota in the ad has existed since 1967 and still exists today in El Monte, California. The sports headline is about a losing streak for the Angels, next to an article with a headline indicating the pitcher Patton being perfect for five innings before being bombed by the Yankees 9-4. to Marty Patton once pitched for the Angels in the 1968 season and in 1974 was pitching for the Kansas City Royals. Like many things I've noted in this section, it's possible little to none of this detail was readable on a 1974 television set, but this is the kind of stuff I like to look at in this section. The Rockford Files filming locations blog points out the man playing a waiter giving hot tips is Laffitt Pinkay Jr., famed jockey. In the end credits, he's credited as playing himself, which is confusing because to me he's clearly portraying a waiter, at least to my eyes. So what worked? I liked that the audience was let in on Rockford getting conned by his purported client before he found out. I really liked that absolutely everyone was pretending to be someone else, repeatedly through the episode. Heck, Miles Keeley passed himself off as both Mr. Hode, worried parent, to Jim early on, and later to the police as Jim Rockford Sr., ailing parent. I also appreciated all the legwork for the MacGuffin of the episode, but in the end, Jim winds up with five grand reduced to two when Carol points out that he never welches on a bet, and he purportedly placed bets for her when he was posing as a bookie. What didn't work? Well, I mentioned it earlier, but the violence against Carol, even though she was apparently not a nice lady, felt a bit jarring, especially because it also seemed to be intended to be funny. But otherwise, I thought it was a pretty good story. So next time is Season 1, Episode 10, The Dexter Crisis. Happy hunting! 
You've been listening to the One Idget's Thoughts On podcast produced by Paul Mackey in association with Nimlas Studios. Any short clips of audio from shows is included under fair use for commentary purposes and copyright for that content remains with its original copyright holders. The theme song is Too Good by Jack Mangan and is used by his generous permission. One Idget's Thoughts is produced under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. You can find more episodes of this podcast and many other fine podcasts at nimlast.org. You can contact me by emailing idgetcastpodcast at gmail.com or commenting on episodes at nimlast.org. Don't worry. I'll never be seen whipping out my little brownie either, whatever that means.